Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Typically, I focus on interviews with HDFS alumni, and I will pick that back up again for the next episode. Today, though, I will be sharing something a little different. For this episode, I've interviewed Matt Warzel about tips for job searching during COVID-19. Matt and I connected on LinkedIn. He is the president of MJW Careers, and he has a background in business administration and marketing. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Matt's views are his own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of any current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here is his interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. And um, thanks for being so generous with your time and reaching out to share tips. Can you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do? Yes, absolutely. So I am the president and uh, kind of the, the operator, day-to-day operator of MJW Careers. Uh, I'm a uh, resume writer full-time and a career coach, kind of interview training specialist. And essentially, I'm just trying to get people, uh, you know, more interview opportunities, better interview opportunities, and, and, and faster. So what's, what's the end goal is essentially just making people, um, you know, happy about the actual job that they're gonna be taking and, and excited versus kind of settling in at somewhere. During this time of pandemic, it's very, uh, I think, helpful to get, you know, to give some advice to people so they can get an idea of what to expect if they're starting to embark on a job hunt or maybe considering a, a career change. Yeah, I love what you said too about helping people to be excited about the opportunities, you know, rather than to feel like, um, you know, they're just kind of doing something. I mean, I love that you have that mission. That is part um, of your personal mission. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, it's important because, I mean, you know, if anybody's in a transition, especially, you know, why settle if you know there might be something that, you know, you just kind of feel like you have a calling towards? It's like, well, start building the blocks correctly to get to that, to that new role and, and really make the efforts to learn and, and, you know, eventually become an expert in that industry or in that space. So um, yeah, now, now more than ever, it's a good time for transition if, if you're in that situation. Oh, awesome. Okay. So can you tell us, speaking of these transitions, what I'm, I can imagine, I can't even imagine <laughs> what it must be like for people who are in some sort of career transition during um, this challenging time with the pandemic and so many other things happening. Um, uh, I know that a lot of people are in that boat. So either whether whether they're graduating and so they're looking for a job for the first time or they're in the midst of a career change um, or they've been laid off, just what tips do you have for people to seek out opportunities during such um, a unique and challenging time? That's great. You know, essentially, everyone should be playing the job hunting game, we'll say, quote unquote, the, the, the right way. So essentially, you, you got to do the applications online. I know a lot of people, not a lot, but you know, maybe there's a split there that say, oh, don't worry about. It. No, you, you should be mindful of if you want to work at a Google, you need to go to their careers portal and at least set up a profile and get your resume into there because um, their internal recruiters can then source you for future uh, jobs that you may qualify for. So it's important to first be in the, we'll say, internal recruitment world of these different companies you, you admire. Um, next, definitely continue to source through Indeed and LinkedIn's and, and other websites that might be listing uh, availabilities because um, 
you know, again, if you can get in there early enough, there's somebody on the other side that will see it, at least if it gets through the ATS, you know, so in the ATS is that applicant tracking system and kind of a screener. We can get into that in a minute, but, okay. but essentially, so you might even get some eyeballs, eyeballs on it. So it's important to um, play that kind of game. And then thinking outside the box, this is what I really like is there are so many neat things people are doing these days that I'm kind of learning as I go through um, my, my knowledge acquisition of how I can help my clients better. And some of the things I'm seeing are just really neat. Like there's one that, you know, so offering thought, thought content and sharing it with targeted decision makers, right? So if you go to this company that you like, we'll just keep saying Google, and even though it's huge, you might not even find anybody in Google, but uh, maybe a more logical mid-sized company. But no, like if you go into these companies you like on a LinkedIn and you network with these people, connect with them, um, you know, create an article that's targeted, that relates, or a video that shows off maybe a particular skill, um, but again, relates specifically to that company or maybe a role within that company or, you know, something that can kind of get them to understand it's almost about them and helping them and send it to that contact and ask for feedback and how you can improve your skill uh, in relation to that targeted role. And then afterwards, send a thank you note. Um, so if you do this a few times or a handful of times or maybe once a week or what have you, you know, these are little seeds you plant that can get you at a right role, not just the next role, but the right one, you know, where you want to work and who you want to be working with and what department. Um, so then if there is an opening there, you know, they might remember this person that's coming to them with, with some nice little unique, uh, information, uh, presented, you know, in, in almost a unique way too. So, um, another thing I like is if you, uh, get into the social media kind of stalking idea, and I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean, literally you go on these companies, uh, websites and our social media sites, excuse me, like the, like the glass doors, LinkedIn's, Facebook's, Instagram's, Twitter's, and you know, leverage some of the information they're posting to, to prepare for interviews. And, and not only that, open up dialogue that you can have during the interview about some of the stuff that's happening with them. And uh, honestly, and that's kind of the long game if you start doing this stuff. But the short term, what it, you can do is you start liking things and sharing things. Someone on the other side's paying attention because, yeah. you know, somebody out there is writing this stuff and reading. And so eventually you can maybe direct message or tweet at them and say something like, hey, I know I'm a big fan and wanted to see if there's any ways I can stand out in this, this process. Um, you know, you're not necessarily asking them to send off a resume anywhere for, for you, but you're asking them, you know, is there anything I can do that'll make me a viable candidate for your type of, for your company and, and that can fit in your culture? Um, yeah. And literally, I mean, I've seen this work firsthand uh, through some colleagues that shared this information with me. And it, it's just, it's fascinating that, you know, if you can get savvy with networking, especially using like a LinkedIn of the world where a lot of these decision makers, you know, they'll hang out at. Um, you can really start opening doors to, to your, you know, dream companies. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, there are a lot of uh, good points, a lot of gems in what you said there. First, I think, um, not to be discouraged by these online, um, you know, kind of job application systems. I think you hit the nail on the head that some people, you know, they're discouraged. I, I, some people are just convinced that if you don't know somebody else within the company, then, you know, there's no shot, but the, that's just not the case. I mean, you never know. <laughs> you never know until you try. I know that my jobs, I have not known anybody on the other side. And it, it did start with me having to fill out an online application. Um, so, you know, there are 
um, many situations in which the online application does really truly lead to a position. So not to get discouraged and to, to continue to research those opportunities online. While also, I like your idea about developing the relationships, um, developing the relationships even during this virtual world. I mean, one thing that strikes me, it's a nice thing, is uh, so many people are outside of the office working from home or what have you right now that they're spending a lot of time online in many cases too. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. in some ways it's a, uh, might be the, the best time to connect yeah. and really start to reach out through social media because so many people are spending so much time on it. And you're yeah. right. I, I've definitely liked organizations, liked companies before and had someone reach out to me who's the one <laughs> doing the posting on the other side so you know they're putting this content out there they like to see that there's somebody who's paying attention and following and you can kind of become this consistent name that keeps coming up and then like you said reach out so you know i love the work that you all are doing um you know is there, is there any way in which you know you could really help help them to achieve their goals or stand out as an applicant you already kind of have become a little bit of a known entity and the organization. So I think that's a great, uh, those are great tips. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. And there's, I mean, I have a handful too, and I actually uh, post usually about one, well, it used to be once a week. Now I'm trying to tone back a little. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that posting every day on LinkedIn is actually a deterrent. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm continuously building my knowledge with, with the people that know what's going on on the other end with, with uh, social media stuff too. And uh, yeah, so uh, I used to post once a week though, but in any case, if you go to my blog, jobstickers.com, you will see, I have some of these back and I literally call them backdoor job hunting uh, tips. Yeah. So you can filter them out right away. But I mean, I probably posted, I think uh, maybe a little bit. You maybe like 10 or a little bit less than that, but I mean, I'd probably have a dozen more to post. So I'll continuously share that information about just unique strategies to find them, you know, those ways that no one else might be doing or, or at least less people are doing. Right, right. I love that. Yes, backdoor job hunting tips. So that's like a tag within your blog that people can search for and read about your, your postings on that. Absolutely. On the blog. Awesome. Jobstickers.com. Okay. Um, okay, so what else, when you do finally get into the interview, then um, what, what should you be doing to stand out in this virtual environment? Um, now you can't go into the office in many cases or into the organization. You might be doing a Skype interview or a Zoom interview or um, whatever. So, so what do we need to know to be successful? That's a great question too. First and foremost, um, and these are going to be, a couple of them are going to be almost apparent, but I just want to, I'd rather give everybody just to catch all, but first your Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> if, if you got to stand next to the router, do it. Yeah. Um, if you got bad weather coming, reschedule if you can. I mean, these are really important things because you are like, just like I am right now with you relying on this stability. So um Practice the Wi-Fi and practice hearing your own voice and recording yourself. So almost essentially, you could even set one up with one of your friends ahead of time and be like, let's let's act as if we're going to do a mock interview right now and go through the whole steps you would do. So that way you're kind of fine-tuned, everything's set up, and you know how to work it right away. Um, but those are the fundamental technical stuff. As far as some other things, first is like, and this is kind of a catch-all of a bunch of us uh, career coaches, we've all kind of decided to start putting together some best practices because these things are becoming more and more, uh, you know, day to day, these these virtual interviews. Yeah. And so 
the first and foremost, we all consensus agree is answer with confidence as if someone's standing in front of you. Just act like you are in the room. If you have to improvise a little in your head or whatever you got to do to get in that space, um, do it because it's important that that because you're online isn't the reason you didn't get this job that could, you know, end up giving you tens of thousands more dollars in your livelihood and et cetera amounts of impacts. Um, so uh, answer with confidence as if someone's standing in front of you. Um, smile, which is funny, but don't be, and again, that kind of goes with that idea, but smile. Um, keep a glass of water handy because you will get a wet mouth. And this is actually a time where, um, you know, it's a little bit more acceptable, I think, with Zooms because you're not as distracting by bringing in a big old water bottle. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, use that to your advantage. Um, be able to look at the clock that's, um, you know, in case you're kind of seeing where you're at in the process, you can get an idea too, but just so you know, hey, this is running, you know, if it's gonna last 25 minutes, maybe you know, hey, this is getting near the end and, and you can maybe be able to tee up some stuff if you're in between thoughts. Um, if you are going to pause, offer cues. So if your mouth, if, or excuse me, if you pause in speech, you may need to provide a verbal cue such as, please allow me a moment to gather my thoughts or please allow me to consider this question, mm -hmm. right? So these are the things you're supposed to do anyway when you're in the room. And even that awkward silence of a few seconds, it doesn't matter. They're going to respect the fact that you want to make a well-informed answer. So just do the same as if you were in the interview room. And that is one of the things that we would say you should do anyway. So you're not just blurbing out not only an answer that you probably could have had a better one for, but it could have just, you might be blurbing out the same project. And now you're talking about the same project as an accomplishment on three different answers. It's like, no, one project per answer, show off how much you can do. How much you can do. And I like another thing that strikes me as that being very important to give that cue in the online environment, because otherwise they might think that the system has frozen up. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. You know, if they, if they don't, if they know that they don't know that you're thinking, they'd say, hello, are you still there? <laughs> Which could be really awkward. So yeah, no, to say, okay, let me think about that for a moment. Um, yeah. Please allow me just a few, uh, just just a few seconds to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, yeah, treat it like a regular interview. I mean, that's what it comes down to is is uh, play it as if you would. And you know what? You can even have more notes handy. I mean, you really can use this to your advantage, having and not notes where you got to read through paragraphs. We're talking, you got exactly what you meant to say just based off of a quick little half a sentence bullet point. And, you, and so you've got your list of project successes or metrics you want to share that may have been new since you've gotten the, uh, the interview or whatever. So yeah, it's important to uh, uh, really maximize this to your advantage. And, and, and if that requires cheat sheets and watches and waters around you, whatever, if it makes it a better interview. That's a good point. And that goes back to your initial um, point earlier in the conversation about the research, research, research. Like, yes, use the fact that we have so much information available to us. I know that every interview I think that I have been on, especially in the past 10 years, I have basically printed off a book of information <laughs> about the company or the organization or the institution. Um, and you're right on the, uh, the last for this current position, my first couple of interviews, they actually were um, virtual interviews and I had these papers sitting out so I could remember people's people's names. <laughs> I had, you know, their photos out. I had, you know, their research interests, whatever it was, you know, their, their position in the organization and also 
some questions that I wanted to ask so that I didn't forget. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. You, and you don't have to worry about um, having 3 million colored sheets of paper spread out all in front of you on a, a desk in someone else's office because you're in this online environment. So you can definitely use that to your advantage. Yeah, I could have said it better, exactly my mindset with that. Yeah, I do think, it, I mean, you definitely want to show that um, you're seriously interested in the company or the organization or the institution, like, um, and by doing some initial research and then going in and to your earlier point, being able to have a conversation about what they're going on, what they have going on currently, you know, um, that really shows that you are somebody who's genuinely interested in becoming part of the team and um, that you've done your research and you know what they're about. You know, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, right. You use the social because they're, they're kind of giving you the pulse right, right away and then use the Google News to figure out what's going on as far as moving and shaking and maybe even competitor or industry news. So be an expert as much as you can from the outside and then you can even leverage that in an interview when they have, you know, during one of your answers can be, you know, maybe addressing their pain points as to why they might have that opening. And even if you take a shot in the dark and you're pretty confident at it, at the answer and it's wrong, at least they know, hey, the person made an attempt. They linked that one issue we had with the merger and kind of spread it through this lineage of this kind of, you know, direct line where this answer is now. And, you know, it makes sense. It's logical. It's just not right. But it's like, you know, I don't think they're going to discount you for really showing efforts to try to piece together some reasons why you're the reason they can eliminate these pain points for having the job open. And not only that, bring value and make them money. So, you know, exactly like you said, you know, and having this little portfolio like stuff, that stuff's so nice now with this virtual because, yeah, you can have like, you know, like you said, the project successes, you can have some of these, um, news things you might want to present you can have some of these uh closing questions that you know you want to ask like so just stuff handy and i actually have an article i wrote about what you should have in your interview toolbox so to speak so you can oh. check that out on the blog too but it's like yeah play this to your advantage i mean gosh you know going in person some i feel like would be more nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah, in some ways in some ways yeah you don't have any i definitely have been in interviews where i'm like oh yeah, I, I can remember this person's name, <laughs> you know, but if you're there, you've got it printed off or, oh, I wish I could remember that project that they're working on, um, that long, complicated name that they have for it. Uh, I love it. Uh, any, um, so this is a bit going off the, off the record and I can totally cut this out if, um, if I need to, <laughs> but um, do you have any specific tips for people kind of um, seeking out opportunities in nonprofit organizations. There might not be any difference, but I just thought I'd ask since we have a lot of people in our field who do actually end up working in nonprofits. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So first and foremost, you need still a professional resume. You just need it built so your messaging revolves around nonprofit uh, expertise and uh, I, which I've done a ton of. I mean, I, and I love my nonprofit clients. It's, it's such a, um, you know, it's such a different line of work that you just got to appreciate it, you know, like, like how frontline workers and just things that are, you know, different mm -hmm. that um, really do do justice for overall. So, you know, so cutting to the chase, though, you got to get a right resume together, which means, yes, it is professional. It's not supposed to be an academia CV. It's not supposed to be a federal or military type setup. I mean, this is just keep it as if you're worried about operations, right? You're managing a budget still, you're managing X amount of volunteers, you're managing X amount of donors or fundraisers or 
or you know, depending on what nonprofit, there's still a bottom line that needs to be addressed, right? So sure. think of these terms, think of the metrics or quantifiers that you're still handling, but also use words that can almost relate to that kind of nursing mentality of like compassion for passion, uh, or excuse me, passion for compassion. I've seen that, uh, which I was wrong with me, but now it's kind of getting a little dated, I think. But you know, <laughs> so there's, these, there's just words like compassionate and, and uh, um, um, uh, advocacy and, you know, things that relate to that world, get those in as some of your soft skills while you're also mentioning some of these neat bottom line impacts and then still flesh in your your technical stuff, whether it's MS office suite or some sort of, um, you know, fundraising management software or whatever, just make sure you still sprinkle in that stuff and still sprinkle in your operational skills, which whether it's volunteer coordination, uh, nonprofit project management, um, nonprofit program budgeting, nonprofit program management, you know, whatever use like almost like a business quantum, a business term, but throw nonprofit in front of it or make it more relating to a nonprofit piece, but still has that business impact. So you're that way. It still shows that you're concerned about advancing this profit towards its goals. You're not just there to, you know, make people feel good. You're there to make an impact, but also carry this thing through. Yeah. So there's actual funding and actual, you know, you can still thrive in this role because, you know, you're, the program still can carry on. So, um, right. you know, yeah, think of it just like you're setting up a professional resume. Just make sure your, your buzzwords are more geared towards the nonprofit space. And you can find those on job descriptions directly, which is very nice. It's not a hidden thing. Recruiters use what they're given by hiring managers, and that is the job description. Um, and then also endorsements on the LinkedIn. Uh, at the very bottom of LinkedIn, everyone has all these words, these buzzwords that you can click and autofill uh, if you think someone's done some good work with that particular field or, or that particular, we'll say buzzword. And so look at people that are in a nonprofit world that might be industry leaders or, um, you know, people in your particular program that are a supervisor you want to aspire to be or whatever and see what kind of endorsements they have under there. And you can start emulating some of those into your own world if you've done it, or uh, at least now start the strategy of acquiring that knowledge. Um, you know, philanthropy, you know, there's all sorts of words that just stand out more in the nonprofit world that you just got to find. And I have them, you know, available if somebody wants to uh, reach out to me uh, if they hear this and, and want to know some more of those. I have no problem uh, sharing some, some typical words I see on my nonprofit clients. Oh, thanks for that. But um, also, I think um, that's a great point that you brought up too about using the job description. Like, <laughs> yeah, actually paying attention to it. And job descriptions aren't perfect. You know, like we know that the people who are writing them, you know, it's not perfect. And maybe they don't know exactly what they want all the time, but um, using the language that they speak within the job description, I think is a really smart and effective strategy. So um, thanks Absolutely. for sharing that uh, as well. Um, yeah. The uh, one other, I guess, last thing, and then you can also just feel free to share anything else that's on your mind. Um, but the last thing that came to mind is you have any specific um, tips for recent graduates to keep in mind. They're graduating in a very strange time. Um, is there just anything that you have been, um, have been offering to encourage or help them to be strategic? Um, and then just anything else you want to share. This is now your open forum um, for this last few minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Actually, what I was going to end with is, is exactly kind of geared towards these folks, these entry levels. Um, so I would say my first piece of advice for the early career candidates who just graduated, and congratulations. And, yeah. you know, and honestly, 
I've never felt so much for a class, a graduating class as I have for 2020s. I, have ne- I mean, literally the 2008s of the world and 09s, yeah, it was bad, but this is something else altogether. And so first and foremost, breathe and know we're on your side, whether you're yeah. a hiring manager, recruiter, someone like me, you know, we're on your side and we, we want to help you because we understand that this is extreme circumstances and you should have had a graduation. You should have been with your friends and you should have had those moments and those passages in life and share them with your community. And it's just unfortunate, but we got to live too. And we got to, we, you know, we got to have people not dying and, and keep, keep, keep this under control. So it is, you've made a sacrifice more than you think. And you might look back and say, well, it's just graduation. I didn't sacrifice much. You can do that all you want and be, be modest, but don't brush it off because, you know, we all are so proud of you guys. And, um, Gets me emotional, kind of. Me too, actually. <laughs> I'm then, really, uh, yeah, it's, it's really going to be emotional too. Yeah, I mean, they are an amazing class to go through this. First and foremost, I think, you know, know that we're all with you. I know that um, it's a daunting year for any graduate regardless, but especially 2020. So a- as someone who's involved in uh, HR speaking as well as, you know, or, you know, speaking with HR people as well as uh, uh, collaborating with recruiters and, and, and hire managers and the like, um, everyone has a, a, a consensus that um, you know, let's, let's be easy on these kiddos. And, and I, I use that term just because, as, as you know, I just turned 40. So uh, I think entry level is 20 years ago. Holy moly. Um, but, you know, everyone's going to be kind of, um, you know, knowing what the situation is, seeing it on their resume and understanding, oh, this person was a graduate of the pandemic year. And I think they will be surprised to see that there will be some allowances, whether it's a gap, Um, maybe not immediate start date after they graduated, you know, things like that, that they maybe 2019 would have looked at and said, oh, well, you're, you know, you didn't get a job right away. What's wrong with this person? But now um, the empathy is going to be there, I think. I I really do feel that way. And I think that there will be, moreover, um, some additional opportunities that might just be for folks that have um, whether it was affected by the COVID or our early career uh, graduates, um, there might be some training opportunities out there that may have not existed pr- prior to COVID. So who knows how they're going to get creative in terms of trying to hire this new workforce. But I know that, that you know, for lack of better terms, these kiddos, just keep your heads down, do what you can and what you can control. Because in the long run, you know, there's no one going to be sitting there at the at the finish line waiting with your medals saying, you graduated, here you go, here's your life. Like, life's hard, life sucks, life gets mucky, and life gets tricky. And <clears throat> personally, professionally, spiritually, every, every which way. So do what you can to control you and your world. That means taking care of yourself, not beating yourself up, doing the right things, whether it's exercising, reducing your, you know, drinking habits from the old days, from college, um, you know, maybe revisiting God if you maybe lost uh, your way during college. I know college is a way to explore. And, and I personally, I went through it. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of battle yourself and, and learn and, and, and grow and, and, you know, praise yourself, beat yourself up all over the place. So, um, you know, don't feel bad for yourself, but, 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 also know that you you can keep your head up, that this is an extreme time and control what you can. And, and professionally wise, just from a career expert like myself, um, you know, 
continuing education. Or you just got done with the books, but maybe you should keep going and plug in this gap. Maybe you should get that master's, or maybe if you got your master's, go for the PhD, or if you got PhD, go for some more uh, certifications or, or any, any level you're in, go for more certifications or continuing education, training, you know, things that kind of keep growing into a subject matter expert, into a thought leader of your industry, of your world. So if you are, you know, let's just say an accountant, um, I'll go real general, you know, if you're an accountant, um, go learn new tax codes or go learn, you know, laws or learn things you maybe go um, learn a different side of accounting to be more uh, broad skilled or whatever. So, you know, control what you can. And then not only that, the continuing education or, 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 or you know, training or certification kind of thing. Also, start looking for experiential uh, learning, which is hands-on kind of in the field, you know, almost like an internship um, or, um, you know, helping out a friend or maybe a, maybe a, a friend of yours, mom's a, a, a payroll person or, or a bookkeeper or a tax accountant at home. And maybe you'll say, hey, can I work with you, you know, on Tuesdays just to start getting an idea of how this world works, you know, so start doing, you know, free work, which sucks because, you know, we all came out of school waiting for that paycheck. But, um, you know, to get a grasp on any industry, you got to kind of work at it. And, and so offer yourself up it for free, work for free to gain insights, make connections that maybe can parlay it into a, a permanent role. Um, so it's important to not stop treading and, and, and not start running. You know, you can't just lay in the water and, and just wait um, because that the idle hands aren't going to do anything for anybody, including yourself. So get out there, be proactive, whether it's networking, getting an internship or working for free, reading trade ag, uh, magazines, industry association publications, Google news alerts of the top companies in the industry and where they are in the industry and where's the industry going and how is it affected by COVID, you know, really start to hone your craft and build on your craft. So then one day you can give the advice and be the subject matter expert. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah. I mean, and I, I know your background is in business, but I guess I'm thinking like um, some of our um, listeners, they might be going into like nonprofit, they might be going into healthcare, they might be going into education, but like, yeah, still um, you can transfer those same tips, you know, kind of um, learning, reading, reading about like what's happening in the field, like how are each one of those industries or the industry that you're interested in? How has it been yeah. affected by COVID? Um, are there ways that you can get plugged in and volunteer um, from home or maybe do an internship um, from home if they're still working remotely or if they are going in, are there ways that you can safely engage? Um, and even if it has to be a volunteer experience at first, like, yeah, just getting your foot in the door and starting to make those connections. Right, right. And be mindful of the rules. You know, don't don't jump ship on on proper protocols with COVID. You know, be mindful if it looks like a toxic environment and you're like, hey, it's the first opportunity that I get. Um, but if it looks like they're kind of on the other end, just being careless or, you know, so be mindful, too, because we're still trying to battle this pandemic. So do what you can. And if it means, you know, like you said, working remotely or even um, you know, uh, uh, going to, and for like, for your instance, nonprofit um, folks out there, this is great because there's so much opportunity to give back that, you know, just start volunteering because again, that all, that all kind of plugs into that nonprofit world. So there's somebody that, you know, maybe you do Meals on Wheels, right? And so maybe you don't want to do Meals on Wheels as your nonprofit or that even that kind of approach that, you know, maybe your nonprofit's you know, uh, relating to um, homelessness, you know, but so at least you're still going around and 
and, and getting that experience of donating time and understanding how the nonprofit works. So then maybe yeah. you can, after you donate your time, maybe you can pick the brain of the program manager and be like, how'd you get in this role? And, and what other nonprofit stuff, you know, you know, like just start having uh, conversations with people in the industry. And, and, and so that, that, yeah, there's so many opportunities for people in nonprofit uh, right now, especially because I, I know personally that they need volunteers right now for a lot of different things. For sure. Well, thank you so much. This has been um, so helpful. I love all the different tips that you've shared. And could you um, tell us your website again one more time in case um, listeners want to poke around and read more about your tips or learn about your services? Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, I'm at, uh, I can be found at jobstickers.com. It's like pot stickers, like the food, but job stickers, so <laughs> J-O-B stickers. And uh, that is literally my blog. If you go to jobstickers.com, it'll kind of, uh, it'll plug you into my website, but my blog on my website. So from there, you can find my services. But I always like to promote that because it's easier to remember than than my company name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Pot stickers. Hey, who doesn't like some good old pot stickers, job stickers. Job sticker. Yeah, ten years ago it was so such a great idea on my end. I, I don't know if it's sticking. I, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I can remember it. So that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Uh, anything with food is always <laughs> anything that's related to food is always nice. Well, oh, thank no. you so much. <laughs> thank you, Erica. You are awesome. I'm so excited to uh, to hear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they are working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.